another episode on Gonzaga Nation SI, a throwback episode with a former Zag. Uh, this is a fun one. This is a unique one in the fact that uh, his experience and his pedigree goes in a number of different ways. But I think the best way to describe this guest is current NBA champion, video coordinator, coach of the Denver Nuggets, Connor Griffin. Congrats uh, first off and thanks for joining. No, of course. Appreciate it, man. Always love coming on here. So let's go back to the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, obviously the the college season wraps and, you know, most people that listen to this podcast are, are diehard Zag fans and they'll they'll follow the NBA game to a certain stretch, but they they love college hoops. The NBA is different. Mm-hmm. And the NBA playoffs is unbelievably unique. Walk us through the preparation and the difference between the regular season and the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah, no, that was one of the coolest things to me was just to see kind of the drastic change from regular season play to playoff um, prep, you know, like the last 10 games of the season, we actually weren't playing too well at all. And I think a big part of that is, is like, you know, we've kind of already secured that number one seed and, Guys are just, you know, we've been playing all these regular season games. Not to say they don't matter, but we have our eyes set on a bigger prize, right? So I think we ended those last 10 games like three and seven, something around there. And, you know, you hear the media start to talk about it. And, you know, they they like to make up all these takes that we're not going to be able to pull it off. But, uh, you know, one of the biggest concerns I had is do we really have that on-off switch? You know, playoffs come. Are we going to be able to lock in, you know, um, pay attention to the scouting reports, actually have that game plan discipline. And um, luckily we we did. And that was the coolest thing for me is just the attention to detail that one that we put in as coaches, you know, the the preparation that goes into it, all the edits we're making, we know we're looking at all the different ways they might guard Joker in the post. What are they going to do on that Nicola Jamal ball screen? Um, you know, are they going to be helping off AG? You kind of consider every single scenario that might happen so it was cool to look at from that perspective especially as a young coach to kind of get that experience but um for the players I give them their credit because you know day one they come in for the playoffs we give them all these personnel books that have all the tendencies of the players so round one we're playing the Timberwolves and you know they they already memorized that you know Anthony Edwards drives right 63 percent of the time Carl Anthony Towns likes the you know, get to the left block and shoot over his right short on that baby fade. So just to see them locked in was probably the coolest thing. But like you were saying, just the drastic change between regular season and postseason play is uh, pretty surreal. You mentioned tendencies and you threw some numbers statistically out there of what guys kind of get to. Um, early in my NBA career, I got I got to know Eric Spolstra a little bit and talking to him before every time the team I was on, we would play the Miami Heat. Um, and you know, he came up through a similar role as you. He was a video coordinator. He kind of worked his way up all the way to being an NBA head coach, a future Hall of Famer. When you, in your current role, see his ascension, does that give you, what type of motivation does that give you? Or do you just look at it as an example of how to stay with um, your passion? No, for sure. I mean, it's cool to see the path that he took and uh to what you're saying I think everyone sees that old photo of him and you know in the film room with all the VHS tapes and all that stuff so the amount of times that I got that you know picture sent to me from buddies all throughout the playoffs just saying you know making that Spolstra connection it was was pretty cool to see and 
you know, just to see him pave the way gives, you know, video guys like myself hope. And so, um, you know, everyone has their own path and, you know, I've had a crazy journey to get to where I am now. So um, as much as I like to kind of follow his footsteps, I know that my route will be a little bit different, but um, you know, this has been the most I've ever learned about the bas game of basketball in these past two years, just being in the video room, just the constant grind as petty as it can get sometimes, you know, like you're learning whether or not you like it. You know, I'm up till 1am, 2am chopping up games and, you know, coming up with these crazy ideas that I hope I get to use someday. So very, uh, very thankful for the position I'm in, but hopefully one day, you know, kind of get to make that jump that he did. That's really interesting. And I think, you know, head coaches, yes, they know a ton about the game of basketball. They're phenomenal with X and O's. You also have to manage personalities and, and rosters and kind of listen to agents many times. You had to listen to front offices. You have a lot of outside influences. When I had spent time in the NBA after playing both kind of doing a little bit of scouting and, and doing a little bit of coaching, what I learned, and I'd love your take on this, the two roles that know the most about the game of basketball, if they're fully immersed in it, is the video guys, because you're watching every single team, breaking down every single play personnel-wise versus team actions, and then mm -hmm. the advanced scouts. Would yeah. you agree with that take or where would you go with that? Man, whether or not we like it, we have to know the game. You know what I mean? Like every single night, like I said, I'm chopping up games, whether it's OKC Thunder, Miami Heat, like doesn't matter who it is. I'm looking five games in advance and, um, you know, I'm memorizing every single play call. Um, coaches will be coming up to me and our other video crew, crew members just asking, you know, what are the tendencies that you see? How should we? prep for this, how should we put our ball screens? So it is a place to, you know, develop and grow, which I've been super thankful for, but yeah, you're right. I mean, our advanced scout is probably the best in the NBA. He helps us out a ton as far as picking up on play calls, making us playbooks, everything in that nature. So, um, you know, like I said, whether or not you like it, you're going to have to learn some hoops in this video role. So again, I've been super fortunate to be in this position and, you know, it's been the two biggest years of growth I've had yet. So you've seen the college game up close at, because you've played it at a high level Gonzaga. Um, and then you've also uh, had the video role at Pepperdine before you moved to the NBA with the Nuggets. People don't understand. These are two completely different games. So a guy like in the easiest example is Drew Timmy, all time great at Gonzaga. You know, yeah. one of the all time college greats in my estimation. There's not a clear position for him. Do I think he's going to make it? I think he's going to figure it out. You know, yeah. but the game is so different that it, you can't just cut and paste a guy from college to the NBA. If if you could explain to the average fan the difference between college and the NBA, what would it be? I mean, there's lots of things that go into it. I mean, a few of the things that stick out to me is the spacing, for sure. You push that three-point line out a little bit. That means you have to extend your defense, and that just creates bigger driving lanes, you know, which puts more of an emphasis on how are you going to, you know, play your coverages. You know, ideally you want to take away, away everything, but it just doesn't work like that. So as far as how gimmicky you're going to get on your coverages, what are you allowing to give up? Because at the end of the day, you have to give something up. And that's kind of the cool part to see in the NBA is just different teams have different philosophies. If you have a rim protector, maybe you want to run everyone off the line and force them to that guy. Or, you know, maybe in our case, like Joker is probably not the most, you know, vertically satisfying player there is, but, you know, maybe we're trying to just contain more on a perimeter, which is why you have to focus on more of your personnel, the front office, as far as getting guys like Bruce Brown, KCP, 
Aaron Gordon to, you know, really contain the perimeter. Um, so I thought spacing was a big thing. It really manipulates the game quite a bit. And then the other thing is just like, it's quick actions versus sets. You know, obviously we have some sets, some ATOs. Coach Malone's really good with that. But, you know, these guys have been playing basketball for 18 plus years of their lives. You know, we don't want to put them in a box and really kind of put them in this specific role more so. Just give them one or two quick hitters to get the action going. Then you're playing dominoes from there. Attacking closeouts, making the extra pass, doing anything you can to manipulate the defense and uh, kind of just draw to and create an advantage. So, those are our two biggest things. And, you know, a guy like Drew Timmy, he said, and like we had him in for a workout. It was awesome. See him up close in person. Um, never got to like actually see him play live, but to actually get to meet him, watch him in draft workout and everything like that was an amazing experience because you talk a guy, talk about a guy like Joker, who, again, not the, you know, greatest, you know, quote unquote athlete. Right. But he found a way to make it work. Yeah. He has some, you know, size on, on Timmy, but you know, there's so much of their games that actually, you know, correspond to one another. His passing ability was off the charts when I watched him. I was so it was so cool to see him up close and do that. But to your point, I think he'll he'll find a role for himself. And, you know, he's so smart. And I think defensively, he's going to be able to, you know, use his IQ to um, cover up for, you know, that lack of height, lack of athleticism. But um, yeah, we'll see, man. I, I'm excited for him. And then, you know, we got a guy like Julian Strother. So uh, good to see some more zags in the league. That's leading me in perfectly. You, you can kind of steal my job. It sounds like because you guys in Denver drafted a, a Gonzaga uh, player and Julian Strother. Um, personally, I think he went higher than I expected, but I'm not in those pre-draft workouts. I'm not in conversations daily with front offices. I'll get kind of snippets here and there from, from guys I talked to during the season. Um, but He's a first round pick that gives him the ability. To, I don't want to say to get comfortable because that's not the right word, but it gives him a longer runway to get used to the NBA game. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Julian leading up to the draft? And then once you saw the Nuggets select him in post draft workouts, now that he's in Denver. For sure. I mean, the thing that stood out to me, and this wasn't even this year, but last season, I was watching him pretty closely and his ability to catch and shoot off all these different kind of, NBA pin downs, catch and shoot actions was phenomenal. Um, he had a shot that looked effortless that I thought would, you know, translate to the NBA very well. So that's the first thing that stood out to me. And then you kind of dissect his game a little bit more. He's able to do some stuff off those pick and roll DHO actions, just simple playmaking. I'm not talking about coming in and really manipulating the defense, but just understanding what's the right play. So those are the things that stood out to me. Obviously, his floater, too. I didn't know he had that as, you know, his package. It's probably one of the best floaters in the country right now. Um, but, you know, he had a really impressive workout with us, shot the hell out of it. And, you know, anytime you can get a six, seven guy that can shoot like that, it's going to be very valuable in the NBA. And I think the thinking behind that, at least talking to our GM, is you can't really go out in free agency anymore and go and find these six, seven shooters, at least not at a good price point. So, we've kind of figured that we need to go ahead, get these guys and develop them in house. So Julian's a guy that I know, you know, the coaching staff front office is all very excited about just because of the potential he shows there. Last question before I let you go, because I know you probably want to enjoy the, uh, the summer in Denver. Uh, what about Joker um, or Joker? Sorry. Jokic, uh, you know, he was so, I don't want to say unimpressive is not the right word, but he was so unassuming coming into the NBA 
as a second round pick. He's built himself into a two-time MVP, now win a championship. He just seems to be a guy who is unbelievably talented, loves to play when it's time to play, loves to play for his teammates, more importantly, not just for himself, but how good of a player is he when you get to see him daily and how good of a teammate is he? Cause he seems to match that level on the teammate side, the way he does as a player on the individual talent side. Yeah, man, I'm still trying to put my finger on it. Cause you know, like you say, he's, it's just, his game is so, you know, it's, it's so methodical. He understands what the defense is going to do before they even know what they're going to do manipulating our offense to make sure that, you know, we're uh, putting the defense in tough situations. So I'll start off by saying he's probably the smartest. I mean, he is the smartest basketball player I've ever been around, you know, just his ability to understand the coverages he's going to get, anticipate those double teams, you know, kind of orchestrate cutters going through the lane to pull in more weak side help and then find the shooter on the backside. It's, it's just, it's a thing of beauty, you know, and um, you know, gotta give credit to Jamal Murray because obviously that two-man game is nearly impossible to stop. If you take them away, then we obviously have a, you know, 6'10 shooter in the corner, an MPJ or KCP in the corner, or a nice little lob for AG. So just the way he's able to orchestrate the offense and put it together, and you talk about his selflessness, right? Like he he's one of the best teammates I've ever seen around there. Um, he's just, you know, all about winning. You know, I know people like to call him a stat patter at times, but it – essentially accumulates wins, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to. He's going to do whatever needs to be done. There will be games where at halftime he has four points, you know, 11 rebounds, nine assists, you know, and we're up by 10 points. So just cool to see kind of, you know, the selflessness that goes into that. People love being around him. He's a goofy guy, you know, understands there's more to life than basketball, which I think is very refreshing for the guys playing around him and the staff, you know, just to, kind of put it in perspective that, you know, we have other hobbies outside of this and it's okay to, you know, you know, embrace that and speak out on it. But um, definitely the most talented player I've ever been around. I'm still trying to figure it out. His coordination, his touch, everything like that is kind of what I would say categorize him as an athlete. Obviously he's not the vertical jumper like Aaron Gordon or anything like that, but, you know, I'll, I'll get the, I don't know if it's the pleasure, but I'll get the opportunity, I guess, to play one-on-one against him in some like pre-practice workouts. And um, obviously he could just torch me and bully me underneath the hoop, but that's no fun for him. So he'll toy with me, give me shot fake after shot fake. I'm leaving my feet and then he's looking at me like, brother, what are you doing? And so I finally stay down and next thing you know, he starts to back down and he just like feels the, the weight on him, is able to counter that and just to kind of use everything the defense is doing against themselves. So it, it, it's really impressive unless you see it up close and personal, like people truly don't understand how great this guy is. So, I mean, I could go on about him, but one of the best people, one of the best players I've ever been around. Awesome. Well, Connor, I appreciate the time again. Congrats on being a part of a staff that won an NBA title. Uh, it now is uh, Adam Morrison yourself, I think, are the only Zags that have NBA championship rings, if I'm not mistaken. If Sacre is in the mix and I screwed this one up, I'm sure he'll let me know. But I think you are the only two with NBA titles as Zags. Man, that's some good uh, That's some good company right there. Not, not mad about it. Awesome. Thanks again for joining. Uh, have a great rest of the summer, and I'm sure we'll connect at some point.